whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. Hello, dear listeners. Hello, dancers. Welcome to a new episode of the Ballet Dance Live podcast. And we continue our mini-series of student voices, reminding that all of us remain being students, although some of us may be already teachers, too, of ballet dance. And today I have a pleasure to share uh, our conversation with one of the members of the Young Dance Club, Wendy. And I feel so happy and blessed to have her as a part of our club. And specifically, her being open and participating in this project to chat about learning process and learning journey, even in the situations when dance is not your profession and just as a side thing that enriches your life. And specifically about this episode, I actually had hard times because I was debating how exactly to call it. And another alternative option that was on my mind was to call it allow the happiness to be. And the reason why I thought about it because many of us sometimes forget about this very, very important element. That's the reason why we came to ballet dance class. We wanted to find a piece of happiness, whatever it feels uh, or means to each of us, either fitness happiness or social happiness or emotional alignment. But in some way, it was a source of happiness for us for different reasons. But as our dance journey goes, sometimes we forget about it and then other frustrations take over. It can be frustrations of the learning process, can be frustrations of like social frustrations, can be frustrations of dissatisfaction with yourself when we are talking about perfectionists inside us. There are many other things that dance somehow, instead of bringing happiness, may bring other emotions. And it's a very important to remind yourself why you're dancing in the first place and allow this happiness to be present. And that's what uh, I got inspired to think about after my conversation with Wendy. But when I was re-listening it and preparing to release, I actually realized that we talked a lot also about accountability. And maybe not only in terms of accountability, but in terms of making things happen not fall into the excuse of the teacher left or classes are canceled or the group is now present to support you in your dance journey. And it was really fascinating how Wendy actually solved those problems for herself on different stages of her dance journey, not maybe even realizing that, oh, it's about accountability, making things happen. And they were very different, but they were about this thing, like make yourself actually show up for what you want to do and make it happen even regardless of, even despite of obstacles that may be a easy and comfortable excuse of why not to do it. So I hope that this conversation will inspire you too for both bringing back happiness into your dance if for whatever reason you lo- lost it or maybe 
losing on the track of losing it and also slip out of those excuses, comfortable excuses of why not to do something, but instead actually do it. And regardless if it applies to dance or any other area of your life. So let's dive right into our chat. Hello, Wendy. I'm so happy to see you, to hear you, to connect with you. Thank you for joining me today and um, being one of our featured members of the club. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. It's really kind of exciting. Mm. Well, before we start talking about dance, I actually want to ask you in general, like, uh, can you tell us where you're from and what are you doing as your main activity? Is it related to dance or is it something completely different? Um, well, I am from Missouri in the USA, so I'm from a fairly rural area which means there's not a lot of things to do for dance. I have... Um, done some shows that a dancer that I, I've become acquainted with has put on in St. Louis. And um, up until recently, I was with a troupe that did Renaissance fairs. Mm -hmm. But in November, kind of separated from that, and I'm completely relooking how I am approaching dance at this point. Mm. So uh it's been interesting. I see. And uh, uh, along with dance, so like if you don't mind sharing, like what's your main activity or like focus on life? <laughs> uh, well, I work for the state government. I am a redaction specialist. So I'm the person that puts all the little black marks across the pages. Oh, wow. What a spectrum of like, you know, professions we have in uh, people, layman people who are involved in ballet dance. So you already <laughs> start talking a little bit about your ballet dance journey, but how did ballet dance actually entered your life? Like when and how you first saw and decided, okay, maybe I want to try it. <laughs> Oddly enough, it, I can blame my daughter for all of it. <laughs> um, my first experience with belly dance was when she was probably five or six, maybe seven. Um, there was a Girl Scout event that she wanted to sign up for that a belly dancer from Springfield, Missouri was coming in and hosting and taught all the little bitties uh, just a little bit about belly dance. And it was really sweet and cute. And at that point in time, I was my daughter's Girl Scout leader. And at a leader's retreat, the same woman came and taught a little more complicated version of the same thing to the leaders. So that was my very first experience with it. And I really enjoyed it. And then when my daughter was 16, she and a friend of hers um, told me that they were going to go to a belly dance class they'd heard about. Mm. They didn't end up making it. They got stopped for speeding instead. <laughs> but it sounded interesting and really I kept thinking about it about, oh, that'd be fun. And it turned out it was in the town that I was working in in the time. So I signed up for a couple classes and just really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the people and I really needed to get out and move as as a redaction specialist, you sit eight hours a day and stare at a computer. So I needed to move. 
I thought you will now tell us the story that, oh, they wanted to go to Baladin's class and then you decided to join and uh, wanted to meet them there, but they didn't show up. <laughs> no, and actually I had been going for several months and my daughter finally managed to come to class with me as uh -huh. a tag along. So that was cute that, that I ended up being the one going, oh, and this is my daughter instead of her going, ah, my mom came. Uh, that's okay. Did she stick uh, with Baladins or she just tried it and that's it? She just tried it. She enjoys it a little bit, but she's more of a yoga person. Mm -hmm. And at the moment she is getting her master's degree. So she's too busy to do anything but eat and sleep and read and write a paper. So, <laughs> Right. Well, different stages of life. Yep. Well, yep. I'm also curious to ask, uh, what do you think attracted you in ballet dance that you actually decided to stick and keep going to classes? Um, I would probably say two very different factors. Um, the people. I, I met some people that I really connected well with, I thought, and I am not a person that likes to exercise at all. So <laughs> it, it, it was very important to me to have people that I enjoyed being around that I looked forward to seeing that kept me going back. Mm -hmm. And also, as I said before, I, I needed to do something to move. I needed to exercise. And I've, I've signed up for gyms before and more power to people that can exercise like that and enjoy it. I never connected with it. I cannot make myself keep going. So dance is something that's just fun. Anytime there's music on, no matter what it is, I have to move. So that kind of connected with me. And I, I have several health issues where I couldn't do anything that was high impact And I contacted the ballet dance instructor before I went the first time to check and, and confirm that this, this is not high impact. This is going to be safe for my knees and, and my arthritis. So she assured me that, that it should be fine and that she could help me modify things if anything did kind of hurt. So yeah, I, I, I think it was a lot of, of different factors, but those would be the main two. Mm -hmm. And How does your training look like? And I know probably in the beginning when you just attended, it was like just classes with teacher, mostly. Then you said that you start joining the group. And uh, now it's like you, you also said that you are re, um, rediscovering your approach with dance because you're not part of the group anymore. So... I don't know which one, like, I mean, let's probably like from the very beginning till now, it's all like different stages will be different. But let's say within last two years, when online was already part of our, you know, like reality, uh, wanting or not, like we were forced to go, we were forced to go into like online uh, classes, online activities and dance. And you still were part of the group. So I assume like it was some also connection, maybe in person, like still in some meetings, rehearsals or somehow. So can you tell a little bit about that period? How was your training looked like in general? Like, and you can choose, like I know there's ups and downs, different stages of life. So choose whichever, like you feel like, oh, that will be something you want to talk and represent. And how 
does your training then training looks like right now? Well, you actually picked a very interesting way to ask that that makes me think uh, actually two years ago, the teacher that held the classes, her right at the beginning of the pandemic, right when everything was closing down, her husband got his dream job in Alabama. So they moved and she attempted to pull her classes over to Patreon to have them over the internet. And there were a lot of technical issues. It was not a smooth transition. It did not work for me. It didn't work for several of us. And we actually, several months after that, the group, when, when people were kind of allowed to meet again, you're allowed to be outside, stay six feet apart from each other. Um, we started meeting at a park and just going over old dances that she had taught us. She basically had contacted one per- person in the group to tell them, you guys can keep the group name. You can do the dances that we've already done together, do what you will with them. So we started looking at developing them, the dances we already knew into some sort of show that we could do for the Renaissance fairs, which I don't know if if anybody out there outside of America knows what a Renaissance fair is. Well, in Canada, definitely. We participated also in a couple. I think in Europe too, but yeah, it's a specific, I think, American thing to have like them as a big festivals, but it's not just limited to America for sure. Yeah. So basically you're, you're pretending that you're in the Renaissance period of time. Um, the one we usually went to pretended they were a village in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried to kind of work with that. We usually did a fantasy thing where we were mermaids or something like that. Um, But we were meeting at the park and working with that. Um, Eventually somebody got permission from their boss that we could meet in the back section of the newspaper that she worked at. So she set up some mirrors against the wall and, and, we started meeting back there, but mm-hmm. by this point in time, we had determined that the online thing with the old teacher was not going to work. So we all started looking at where we could find different input because none of us is a belly dance teacher. We don't have that kind of background or, or um, experience, abilities, whatever, you have to be able to explain how you're going to move your hip this way and that way to get that effect to be a belly dance teacher. You just have to. And we, we knew we were not at that point yet. So I tried out several different Patreons. I have signed up for classes with Sahira online for years, just randomly oh, I like what looks like that choreography. I'm going to buy that choreography class and practice it. Things like that from her. So I tried several different teachers and 
Iana Dance Club, when I tried it out, we had the seven day free trial and I, I opened it up and I'm like, wow, she has a lot of drills. Wow, she has a lot of choreographies. And then within my one week trial, you added another choreography. I'm like, does she add another choreography? This looks like she adds another choreography every month. Oh my gosh. So I was like, hey, that is a way I could bring something new to the group periodically if I could learn those. Um, so I, that's basically been my online journey up until now. Um, when I separated from the group in November, I have started considering when I first started belly dancing, I told the group, I, I want to learn. I want to do the, the, the classes and learn the movements and learning choreography is good for your brain. I want to do that, but I don't want to perform. Mm-hmm. And I stuck with that for about six months. And then somebody broke her ankle and I knew the dance and they were signed up to perform it somewhere. Wendy, can you help? Okay. And I kind of liked it. So slowly they drew me into performing. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm not with them, it's not, it broke my heart at first because I enjoy the people, but I have come to realize I'm not dependent on performing publicly necessarily. When you learn a choreography, it's nice to share it, but it's not something that I've determined I need to become happy. Mm. So I'm enjoying just improving how I do the movements, exploring my ability to learn things that I thought were too hard. Oh my Lord, you do some things that I'm, the first time I look at it, I'm like, I am never going to be able to do this as fast as her. I'm never going to be able to do this. And I keep working and keep working. And most of it, I've been able to do not great necessarily all the time, but I am, I'm amazing myself and that's making me happy. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear it. I'm first of all, very fascinated with your story of keeping community and uh, yes, community element is very important for many of us when we come to balance class that's what keeps us going this accountability friends uh, sort of like excitement of seeing people not necessarily doing exercises but what i'm most impressed that when your teacher left and you just stayed let's say alone as a student you <laughs> did not give up because usually the teacher is like the center point who keeps it all like running and all organized, but you took initiative to keep going and keep exploring and keep showing up for your own like dance experiments, dance exploration, like everything. And that's very fascinating. And that's very, uh, it's a great example that even if you don't have a ballet and studio in your city, even if you don't have a teacher, but you have I mean, you can do it on your own, but if you have some group of people who also want to explore, you can make things happen. You can make things possible. And the fact that you were trying to bring each of you from different sources, you know, to the group, it's one of the best ways to exchange. It's like, you know, like they have uh, book clubs that everyone like brings something and you explore. You did it with a dance, which is really great. And it's a really great tool and example of people who 
saying like, oh, I don't have a dance school in my city. That's why I can't do dance. Like, no, you still can. It's just a matter of creating and building your own community. <laughs> and you have to find the platform that works with your brain. Several of the other platforms for other belly dance teachers that I tried online did not work, um, be it the angle they filmed things from, the way they taught didn't click with me, just all kinds of things. Do you have to find the right fit, I think? Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely true. And as a student, uh, also relying on uh, using some tools, some help. And there's like right now, today, there is no excuse. There is such a variety of different tools for different price ranges, starting from free YouTube videos to some uh, courses or memberships or individual classes. So there are no like real excuses for that. But it's also cool that you touched the topic of your own progress that uh, you shifted also from, oh, just having it as a fun meeting with friends let's say and as a side effect of physicality that or it's some physical activity that you also needed in your life now your focus shifts to ah actually I can do this oh actually it's not yeah. just about you know it's it's also about having fun but having fun from different sources and you're doing actually really great and I know you very often comment like in the beginning oh this is so difficult I can't do it and then suddenly like oh you're submitting video and you're doing it really nicely <laughs> and some of the things don't work for me and and that's okay. That's fine. I, I've actually got a, several friends that I, I've had join Yana Dance Club. And one of them, this Turkish Nines class did not click with her. So she tried it for a few weeks and I think she's dropped out. That's fine. I hope she's doing something else with it. I think she is. Yeah, that's totally fine. Like we all have different uh, like journeys and especially in such platform like Yana Dance Club that I add different topics and different levels of complexity, but it's in general for all students. So for some, it may be exactly the perfect time. And for some, it may be like, ah, oh, difficult, but at least something to approach. And for some, it may be not clicking, not yet. And then they can come back um, later. But I'm curious about your dance training now. So how does it look like? How do you incorporate it? Like, are you dancing, I don't know, daily, weekly? Do you have a specific time? Do you have like as whenever you can? Like, so can you a little bit describe on average? Of course, there are different weeks. One week is different from another, but typically. <laughs> I've given myself a little leeway, but I try to practice four to five times a week. I took a little seminar on goal setting at the new year. And one of my goals was to practice consistently and to track it. And the first method I tried for tracking did not work for me. I wasn't doing it. So now I have a little journal and I just write in every day. This is the drill I did. Practiced this dance, practiced this choreography, took a break today. And I try and allow myself just two break days that are unscheduled and one night a week, I meet a friend for dinner. So that's just always off. Mm -hmm. um, but I try to practice just about every evening. Even if I don't feel good, I usually try to 
come down to my little studio and at least run a low key 15 or 20 minute drill, even if it's not something big and fancy and hard and new. Maybe it's one, I love the, the ballady intensive, all of the classes for that just really spoke to me. And um, I, I really liked the beach view. And so I, <laughs> when I'm not feeling real energetic or if I'm kind of, oh, I think I'm getting a cold, ugh, I will come down and just practice that and just follow along with you on, on the improvisation drill. It's, it usually brings up my energy again. And, and even if I still don't feel great, like mentally, I feel better. Mm. But it's I interesting like you mentioned it about night. it's it's interesting like you mentioned about this journaling that it's not planning what you're gonna do it's just documenting what you did what do you think it gives you like why it works for you a little bit of accountability and that's one thing I really like about your platform is that I react very well to the assignment idea so the intensive particularly keeps me like, oh, I, I, I have to have this done by Saturday to submit my homework. And my husband kind of laughs when I say, oh, no, I have to go down and film my homework. So um, but even on the weeks when we're off of an, an intensive, you've got a new drill. And I'm like, that drill is my assignment at least one day this week. And then I'm going to pick something else to fool around with. And so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need that, not even really goal setting, but that framework of you have this that, that somebody expects you to do. And even if I know you don't particularly, not that you don't care, but you don't particularly track it like, like a university professor is expecting you to turn in your homework so that you get your degree, but I've signed up for this. It's an expectation. I do it, even if it's just me expecting it. Mm, that's so cool. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, yeah, definitely. I'm not checking or giving grades to anyone. I'm checking how many missed classes did you have? Can I give you a diploma then? <laughs> but uh, it's cool that it works for you in this way. And uh, this is also... Um, part of the training to keep accountability and basically you kind of transferred what was important for you in a group to like now practicing online and kind of on your own but not really on your own you know like it still feels different you mentioned several times about like going down to your studio so can you tell a little bit can you describe your uh dense space at home how did you organize it did you put any special things for yourself or to inspire your dance practice or you just cleared the space like so how does it look like for you well would you like to see it because we're down here right now sure <laughs> let me just move this lamp out of the way a little bit because it'll block your view and i will rotate the table a little bit and basically every dresser mirror that was in my house is in my basement now. Mm-hmm. So you basically yeah. have several mirrors so you can have a front and side views. That's cool. That's actually a cool tip because you can check your posture without uh, rotating even. You can just turn your head and see it. Yeah, they're not all ideally placed. My husband won't let me put nails in the walls randomly. Something about 
pipes and electricity and all that nonsense. But um, there's all four main walls have some sort of mirror on them that catches something slightly different um, or that I will use for something slightly different. And I've actually on a couple of them used dry erase markers and written myself reminders. Like the one I practice with most at the bottom of the mirror, it says posture because I'm terrible about slouching. And I've got one that is usually that is the wall I face when I'm filming something for one of our assignments typically. And it's a smile. <laughs> I didn't watch while I was filming the Turkish nines. Cause I'm still very in my brain with that one. Uh-huh. So I never smiled. I was too busy thinking. <laughs> well, it was intense one. So <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but it's also cool. Like you're using these reminders about your main, like, you know, problems of uh, that comes from one dance to another, like our like technique issues in general, like posture or smile in this case, like I will approach it as like technique problem, let's say, but you're putting these reminders around yourself, which is a really like good you know, like always keep seeing it and almost like brainwashing yourself, like, okay, posture, posture, posture. <laughs> That's a yeah. good, good, good uh, uh, option for pra- brainwashing you. <laughs> I have some of my friends from my troop still, like, they don't have great practice spaces and periodically they'll come over to practice if the weather is really bad or, or whatever, at, and they don't have space at their home. They'll come practice here. And the first time one of them came in, she's like, why does your mirror say posture? I'm like, because I need the reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great tip and great tool too. Like, you know, like instead of putting like the stickers with affirmations, put in stickers with reminders, like what we need to correct. I think uh, I need to write hands on one of them because I tend to forget I have arms and hands when I'm dancing sometimes. <laughs> well, one more. Uh, but we are talking right now about improvements. I want to ask you, what is... Uh, Maybe one thing, if you can choose, that you are proud for yourself, for your dance journey, that you thought it was never achievable, and now you feel like, ah, I did it. Oh, my gosh, that's a hard question. Because um, all of it, there's all sorts of little things um, that I never thought I could do. I'm in naturally a very clumsy person. I'm, I'm all knees and elbows. I, I tripped and hit my ankle against something this morning. I'm usually covered in bruises just because I knock into things. So me being able to coordinate all these different movements together, that's a victory. Learning an entire choreography in just over a month, I have terrible memory. Like sometimes when I am learning a choreography, I will scribble across my mirror little notes of arabesque, hip drop three times, turn left, just because I I can't keep that all in my brain. So learning that whole thing, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of myself. Um, One thing in just in the past year that I have had several classes on, several with you, um, improvising, that is terrifying. And I'm getting pretty good at it, I think. I mean, I'm still not super coordinated or super elegant so that it still sometimes looks awkward, but 
my brain is kicking in and telling me things to do. Mm-hmm. So all sorts of little things. I don't know. I'm very also happy to hear that you acknowledge all the small things because we tend so often to look only on the big picture, like, oh, it's still clumsy. Oh, it's still not coordinated. Like that we are tend to be usually not happy with ourselves instead of looking at the progress. Oh, but it's getting better. Oh, but I tried the thing that scared me a lot, like improvisation or like, oh, now I can learn choreography in a month. Maybe next time you can learn it in a week <laughs> or eventually at some point you will. <laughs> but that's really, really good. And I'm really happy to, to hear about this progress and uh, uh, happy to hear that you acknowledge it and you like no like stuck like oh, I don't know there is nothing like no there is a lot of things a lot of things for all of us regardless are we doing it as professionally or we're doing it just as a hobby are we doing it uh, like daily or like only like once per week let's say taking classes but the progress is still there as long as we're showing up for practice <laughs> yeah and and that's one thing that dance does for me is is if I keep at it I do get less clumsy and slightly more coordinated. So mm-hmm. that if that is the only thing I get out of it, that's worth it. <laughs> and can I also ask, by the way, we skipped this part, like, oh, so when you start taking classes, how long, how many years ago was that? I think maybe seven years ago. Mm-hmm. My daughter's 22, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, six years ago. Six years ago. Wow. That's like, I mean, years, it's nothing to say like, oh, is it a long lot or not a lot for dance practice? Because of course it all depends on the frequency of dance training, etc. But imagine how your progress will be in another six years. I'm saying it probably will be one week for choreography, <laughs> not one month. <laughs> I hope I'm still doing this in another six years. I, I am about to turn 50s and I was 30 years old when I was diagnosed with arthritis for the first time. So fingers crossed, at least another 10 years. Well, why not another 50? <laughs> all, all depends on the approach and uh, all the, I think it's all psychological what we sort of put 50 can be only the beginning. <laughs> I that is true uh I actually want to ask uh, you know like to summarize our conversation you talked a lot about improving your coordination and that you felt like more clumsy before like you start like now seeing the dance progress influence but other than that what do you think belly dance brought to your life how does it contribute to your life now today That is something that I've thought a little bit about since I separated from my troupe. Um, Because at first I thought, well, this is it. I I don't have any reason to dance anymore. And I thought about just not doing it. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna give up. It makes me happy. So I have started thinking about it as what do I do with it that keeps making me happy? Mm. So 
did you discover what elements of dance because before it was all about community and i've kept some of the community like i said some of my friends they're coming over this afternoon actually to show me mm -hmm. some dances that they're working on um so I, i've kept some of the community and some of it has moved online i i love some of the girls that are in the Anna dance club i mean we aren't close like best friends or anything but it's still a good connection and fun to watch what they're doing with everything. But I think it's just the joy of movement. I, like I said, I, anytime there's music on, I want to move and I just enjoy the movement of it. I'm, I, it makes me happy. So oh, I don't know if I'm answering your question very well, but Absolutely. My brain is going so many different directions with that question. I, I just don't even know where to settle on other than I, I decided that it makes me happy to do this. I'm going to keep doing it. And I love exploring all of the different types, styles of belly dance that it amazes me, the variety. So that's always fun. I, I, enjoy seeing the differences between oriental and folkloric and oh tribal it's not my thing but it's interesting uh so even just exploring that brings me some joy the exploring the different music oh my gosh <laughs> that's one thing when i first started doing belly dance i the western ear is just not ready for most of that so I actually sat down and started listening to music just to get used to it because it just felt so odd and off. And I want to move to the 4-4 beat and it's not 4-4, what's going on here? <laughs> so, and that actually helps me at work too because redacting can be tedious and boring and it makes me want to go to sleep. So I put on some music, but if I have music with words I understand, I get distracted again. So I don't understand a word of Arabic. It's, it's great. The energy level stays up, but the mind is not engaging in the words so I can still read the words. Oh, so. that's a cool tip. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I wish you further exploration. I see you finding more happiness and true connection and finding yourself in dance, not only dance as a, like a tool, like a physical activity or something, but finding you in dance and your place. And I know you're in this transition moment of like, okay, it's different, it's new. So I wish you good luck with that. And I'm very happy to see you as a part of our online community at the Yana Dance Club and seeing your progress and seeing your enthusiasm and consistency in your practice. That's very inspiring and very encouraging. And uh, you don't know how many other people you may encourage with just showing up for your own practice and sharing it with others. <laughs> well, and I've, I've had a few friends that have, have started relooking how they want to approach belly dance. And I've told them this, this has been hard for me. Just take a step back and look at what about it brings you joy because that's I, I told myself I'm going to give myself a year to just explore it no pressure don't think about it just what about it makes me happy so I, I think that's one nice thing is to just be able to give yourself that no pressure space to to decide 
why does it make me happy? And using that as your guide for where you're going to go. So I thank you for giving us the opportunity to explore all these different things. This is, this is great. Mm. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you so much. That's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.